Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Evan Carter. Evan Carter is co-founder and president of Dope Magazine, a nationally distributed cannabis and lifestyle monthly. He has been building print publications since 2006, and in 2011, he co-founded Dope Magazine and served as the editorial director until 2015 when he became the magazine's president. Welcome to the show, Evan. Hey, thank you, Shango. I really appreciate it, my man. So, so you know, I love Dope Magazine not only because of the content, but because it's, the magazine itself is so beautiful. And one of the things that I find pretty remarkable is that the cannabis scene is so diverse. There's so many different kinds of people coming to it, and yet your magazine seeks to have something for everybody. Um, you know, you've got some cannabis stories, some political stories, some music, and of course, lots of cool cannabis ads. How do you determine the right balance of articles to make up a particular issue? Well, thank you, man. Yeah, really, in the beginning, our our goal was really to to bring some credibility to the cannabis industry with with a nice, you know, magazine that people could could look at. So we try to have a nice balance of, like you said, political, uh, some fun stories, the medical stories, the product reviews, and really, it comes down to to our our team. We have a uh, I don't want to say big editorial team, but a decent sized editorial team. They sure work like a big team, um, and and. and you know, you know, we have weekly meetings, and we really talk about what's going on. We try to tie things into the the current events, what's happening. Um, we also want to, you know, make sure that we're featuring the the, the coolest products. Um, one of our, well, you know, one of our biggest ones, as you kind of brought up, the political one was the uh, the Bernie Sanders, and that was uh, we just decided to kind of go after Bernie Sanders. We really felt like his message was, was was right for what we're trying to do, and really, you know, start the revolution and and normalize cannabis. And we think that by 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 normal and cannabis, we can really start start to change the world and start to change people's perceptions. So we really just decided to kind of go after people like that and and start featuring them. It must be really cool to work in an area as as wide as cannabis because you know I, I have worked at magazines before, and if you're on one topic, sometimes you get tired of covering that same topic. But running a cannabis magazine, like there's nothing you can't cover. You're right, and it just and it constantly changes. Uh, I mean, we have to, we, we go to print, you know, our stories come in about a month, month and a half before we have to send our magazine out because we have to lay out, we have to edit. It's a big cycle. Uh, and so just trying to keep up with those times is, is really hard. But, but yeah, I mean, we can cover so many different things because, because really at the end of the day, we always say, you know, cannabis, cannabis users are people too, you know, just like you, you read in the people magazine, you know, they eat ice cream, you know, all that fun stuff. It's, it's just real. And I think that there's so many people out there that, that, that utilize the plant, uh, in so many different ways that we can cover so many different topics and, and somebody's going to get something out of it. You know, um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and yeah, just, but just trying to stay on top and keep people interested is definitely a challenge. Yeah. 
and I can imagine that, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but also there's a lot of uh, production heavy lifting that has to be done as well. You know, in doing my homework for the interview today, I actually didn't know that you put out multiple um, editions of the magazine, every issue. And that makes a lot of sense now that I've thought about it. So um, why, will you go ahead and explain, you know, like how the production of the different magazines for different regions of the country works? Yes, you know, uh, we just, it's funny you say that because we just, uh, last week, we're trying to get on the same terminology with just the whole staff about how the magazine is built because people call one section something different. And, and so, you know, we had this big meeting about, hey guys, call this part the national section and this part the regional section because uh, it, it is pretty confusing. So what we do is we print, we print about 135,000 magazines a month and they go and they're distributed all over the U.S., you know, heavily on the West Coast, obviously, because that's where the legal markets are. Uh, and we sprinkle around the East Coast and, and the Midwest and the Southeast and a little bit in Canada, too. Um, so we print a national section, which is about 64 pages. And that really can, we call it, we call it the national section because it can really span everywhere. You know, people in Florida can read a story about it and get it. People in Washington can get it. And then each market, we have what we call a, a regional extension. Uh, so it just depends on how big that market is, is, you know, how many pages it will get. So Washington and Oregon have about 64 pages uh, uh, added on to the 64 page national section that we print. Um, California, we do a Northern California and Southern California. And each of those have about 40 to 48 pages each. Uh, Denver or the Colorado edition has about 48 pages. And, uh, and we just launched in, in Arizona, which has about 16 to 32 pages. So we really want it to be localized, you know? Um, I mean, just because you can't, you know, cross, I can't, I can't get the same strain in Washington as I do in Oregon. So if we're going to print an Oregon magazine, we really want people to be able to, 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 to get that information and go to the store and find those products and, and meet those people and, and see those gardens and, and, and know what's going on just locally. Um, and, and, you know, we never wanted to be the big guys up at corporate going, Hey, Arizona, talk about this, you know, forcing stuff down their throat. We want the, our boots on the ground to be able to pick out what the, the, the kind of stories that they want to feature. Um, and, and if you and if you you know if you want to excite people to a new strain that might be localized, you want to make sure that they know like where that they can get something. You know what? It's no fun to read this awesome strain review or product review, and it's like, oh yeah, that's not even available in your state. I mean, that's a drag. Exactly, and that's that's the reason that you know that our some of our some of our staff always says, why don't we just do a big national magazine? And, and it's like, well, we can't because I can't feature. Uh, you know, the Blue Dream in Washington is different from Blue Dream in Colorado. Is different from Blue Dream in Florida. You know, it's 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 different. There's there's little there's there's different things in, in each in each market. So so yeah, and and what we really want to do is is the national section is really made to 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 kind of showcase where cannabis can go. That that was our other problem is that we started to do this national section and we're sending it all over the the the, the east coast and the midwest and it a lot of it as we first started was was very positive you know it was just oh this check out this ginormous garden and you know what everything can do and it's kind of like the, the, the cannabis you know promised land it's not perfect up here but it's a lot better than it is down in you know the the south the southwest and in and in in the midwest and in the east coast so we really wanted to create some compassionate content as well and make that more local because we you know 
know, I didn't want to send out a, a magazine that was talking so positive about cannabis and having some some woman, you know, in in Texas say, "Well, yeah, that's great, guys. I'm glad that you can walk into a store and buy cannabis." But my husband just got arrested for having a joint behind his ear, you know. So we want to. It's that's that's really why we wanted to localize it more because the country is going through so many different stages of of this process that that we have to we have to feature it. Right on. So so because the show is so business focused, I want to drill down a little bit more on the on the production aspect because some there's some parts of it that I don't think are as obvious to me as they could be. For example, like you you mentioned that there's the 64 page national section. So in that section, do you have all of are, are all of the ads national advertisements or do you have to relay out the national section for each regional implementation? No, the, those national ads go throughout the whole nation. Those that's so it's basically a sixty-four page form is what they call it in the magazine world. Uh, it's the same form that goes into every magazine. So we create that sixty-four pages with the national stories, the national advertisements, uh, and and we and we and we take that and we print that. And so that's the first part of our that's the first portion of the magazine. So those ads stay the same. Yeah. So if you want to get out to the whole nation, this is this is the way to this is the way to do it. Right on. So then, um, so then on the regional ones, let's assume um, that you've got uh, a product that is available in one state only because it's it's a licensed product in their cannabis system. Do you monitor, you know, uh, what products are or are not legal at the state level so that you don't accidentally run an advertisement for something that you know isn't illegal or was formerly le- legal and now is not? Do you do you keep aware of those changes or is that is that onus on the advertiser to make sure that they know what the hell they are allowed to advertise (laughs) It, it's it's on the advertiser, but I mean, at the end of the day, we have to you know cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's as well because we can still be held liable. You know, a lot of people will want to come after a magazine instead of just uh, you know a, a smaller farm or a, or a, a smaller product localized. You know, um, so so we have to we have to to take to be really aware of that and and so we'll we'll make sure that they have you know the right licensing and they have the right terminology on their ad a lot of the but a lot of the national ads that we do um, are, are are more branding ads and more bigger products and not necessarily like a strain in Arizona, you know. So so yeah, it does come down to us and we try to do everything the right way, you know. So <laughs> right on. Well I want to talk more about your advertisers, but it's time to take our first break. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. Marketing and brand agencies can be really unhelpful sometimes. I mean, you pay them and you have meetings, but there doesn't always seem to be real value created. Sure, they may make you a logo or a website and you talk about the image your company wants to project, but that is not always reflected in the bottom line in the form of actual revenue. For a lot of startups, everything has got to feed the bottom line just so they can survive. That's what blunt branding does. They feed your bottom line. Blunt is very different from other agencies because their principals, Kirsten Nelson and Anthony Garcia, are experts in psychological marketing. For example, they don't just write copy for your website. They write copy that includes hooks and triggers for every Myers-Briggs personality type. Most copywriters tend to write only for people who think like them. Blunt branding does better than that. They reach all your potential customers. In fact, if there is a certain kind of customer that you don't want, say, argumentative folks, Blunt will write you copy that attracts everyone else, but will tend to repel the kind of customer that gives you grief. I'm not kidding. The strategy is used by their attorney clients all the time. 
Your brand is much more than a logo. You see, most customers wait for some company to wow them with something more than they came shopping for, especially when there are so many options, right? They're looking for a brand to anticipate their questions or solve their problems or just make them feel seen, heard, and valued. I know that can sound corny, but we all know that we buy from the companies we feel most engaged with, and blunt branding will get them climbing over your competitors to get to you. If you cannot risk business failure, you should be working with a marketing team who understands that their goal is not just to make you pretty, but to directly increase your sales success too. Go to bluntbranding.com to find out more. Do you consider yourself a Gondrepreneur? Well, Gondrepreneur.com has an array of stylish gear with various versions of our name and logo. Go to Gondrepreneur.com forward slash gear to see what is available. Everybody loves our cozy t-shirts and warm hoodies, but one of the most unique items is our silky photo t-shirt. It's printed on every surface, front, back, and sleeves with a big full color bud photo. The shirt feels silky like a soccer jersey and all over the shirt you see a macro photo of a cannabis flower. You can easily see the trichomes and hairs. This is a shirt that will get a response from folks. Whenever I wear mine, people always mention how dank it is and they ask me where I got it, which is, you know, totally convenient since we happen to sell them. So go to gontrepreneur.com forward slash gear, that's G-E-A-R, and choose a style that's right for you. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Evan Carter, co-founder of Dope Magazine. So before the break, we were just starting to get into talking about your advertisers. Uh, we were talking about how in the national section, you've got real brand experience advertisers that want to reach everybody in the country. And in the regional sections, you're talking more about regional players and products that can be available in particular states. And you know, I was thinking about you really have two sets of customers. You've got the readers who you want to give them things that are interesting, but you also have got the advertisers and you want to make sure that you're creating opportunities for them as well. Have you run into a situation where the interests of the readers that you're trying to please are clashing with the interest of your advertisers? I mean, I think, yeah, I think every, every, publication or you know a lot of businesses you know go through that and it's it's the constant struggle it's 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 funny there it, i feel sometimes like it's the editorial team versus the the ad sales team um you know because i mean if you look at any magazine you look at like a maxim magazine and they do a feature on uh razors and then you flip the back cover and it's like oh gillette razors uh, you know i mean at the end of the day you know we we feature a lot of different businesses and and so we we want to feature the the you know, the businesses that the people are gonna are, are are gonna get something from. So and the same thing goes with our advertising. I mean we've yeah there there are people that go out there and say hey if you if I'll advertise if you you know if you feature me and it's we're like well you're not a very good store so I don't even I don't want that <laughs> you know. But you know, if there is a big time advertiser that has great product, we still want to get that product out. So you know, we 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 try to we're ethical. We try to do everything the right way. Um, you know, and yeah, we will feature some of our advertisers because heck, they have good products. You know, I'm not we're not shying away from that. But but I'm not going to walk into a grungy store that I'm not going to that I'm not going to you know send my mom to and then have them advertise and then feature like it's the best store in the world. Yeah, right on, right on. You know, we run into that a little bit too at Entrepreneur as well because um, you know when when we talk 
talk about how awesome CBD is, we're almost always talking about CBD derived from medical cannabis in the presence of THC, even if it's low amounts. And you know, some folks reach out to us and they are doing strictly uh, you know, CBD from hemp and the studies are still kind of coming out on CBD from hemp. All the early studies were all about CBD from, you know, and from a full plant extract, you know, taking advantage of the entourage effect. And so, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll, you know, we'll say something a little off the cuff about, uh, you know, CBD from hemp and, and we'll get somebody, you know, right into us sort of like, like, Hey man, you're running, you're running content that's contrary to our advertising with you. And we're like, yeah, well, we got to keep it real, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you do, you know, we, we want to, you got to, you want to please everybody. Right. But I mean, it's, it's really hard to do that. So you know, there's, there's always going to be, and there's, there's, you know, we'll try to, we try to keep it real as well. And, but there's always, there's always somebody out there that, that claims we're doing something wrong at every single issue, but you know, you, you take it, you know, we, we always like to say when you're, when you're, when you're playing a video game and, and the bad guys come out, you know, you're going the right way, right? Yeah. Right. Well, well, well let, let's, let's hit on that. Uh, so, so another thing that, uh, you know, kind of folks jumped up a, a bit when you changed your, uh, your tagline on the magazine from, um, you know, protecting patients everywhere to protecting our plant everywhere and a lot of people were like talking trash that oh you know they're not with the patients anymore but you know when you and I talked about it you had some good stuff to say about it will you, will you give us a little background about what happened when you changed that tagline and why you thought that was important yeah I mean when we started out it was it was only medical um and so it was def dope defending our patients everywhere and when it became more recreational we wanted to we wanted to really normalize and we, I don't think we changed our stance against, you know, our, our stance with cannabis. It was, it was like, we will actually want to defend our plant everywhere. And, and, and what that means is, is where I guess we have to define plant. And we've been going over that a lot in the last few months with, with the, the, the ownership group, you know, we've been talking like, you know, people, yeah, people are saying that we're not with the patients because we're saying the plant, but at the end of the day, by us saying the plant doesn't mean that we're taking any medical benefits away from from the plant, you know, or from the patients. So when we when we say we want to normalize, I know I want to normalize the plant, and I and that's going to benefit the patient, the vet, you know, the mother of three that just you know instead of having a glass of wine after she puts her kids to bed, you know, wants to have a, a joint just to relax, but doesn't want her you know door getting kicked down and the government taking her kids away, or you know, or the we would say the guy that has you know ADD and and didn't really know it for his whole life. And then he's 40 years old and you try some cannabis and he kind of fits in again. And that's when we say, you know, defending our plant because there's so many different uses for this plant and so many different people that can be affected positively by this plant that we want to – we want to 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 normalize and get that out to everyone, to the general public, because once the general public gets back on board and is like, you know what, this is this is a pretty good thing for everyone. It's going to be easier for everyone. You know, and additionally, as as recreational gets up and going um, across the country, there are more and more people that don't really identify with the word patient anymore. Because you know, even though I personally believe we're all patients, even if you're getting high just for you know some end of day relaxation for your world, you're still dealing with anxiety in some way, making you a patient, but, but not everybody likes to think about themselves as a patient. So I think that there's a good case to be made to just referring to it as the plant and getting to the heart of the matter instead of trying to identify, you know, the nature of the, of the user or the enthusiast. 
yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I technically am a patient because I like to use can, you know, cannabis topicals on my knee cause I'm a runner and it takes away a lot of my knee pain, you know, but I'm not as a severe patient as somebody that has HIV or somebody that has severe glaucoma, you know? So I, I, I want to normalize just because I think it will help so many different people. It'll help myself. It'll help, it'll help those, those real hardcore patients, you know, and it'll help people with just some social anxiety, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to help so many people. And that's what we're really trying to do. And that's what our platform is built to do is to get out to the general public and get out and, and start, you know, talking, talking about cannabis in your everyday conversation and coming out of the cannabis closet and not being ashamed of, of using cannabis. I just, I just came out to my grandma like a couple of weeks ago. It was pretty funny. Uh, I, I sat down at this table. She's at a retirement home and she invites us all over for, for, for a, a big brunch. And, and I sit down and my, one of my crazy uncles, he looks at me and he goes, is it really a pot magazine? Like literally, I just sat down at the table and I was like, oh, <laughs> you're like, <okay."> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know? And I go, well, first and foremost, it's a cannabis magazine. And he goes, oh, geez, I'm not even going to get into that. You know, that, that stuff just makes you, you lazy and, and grumpy and, and, and despicable. And I was like, well, geez, uh, I don't think so. And my, my grandma looks at me, she goes, do you, do you take cannabis? You know? And I was like, yeah, yeah, grandma, I'm a cannabis user. You know, I said it, I'm open, I'm free, you know? And, and, and it's just funny because, you know, he, he really, he really thinks that, that, by you know that I'll be that I'm this lazy you know like like stoner and I'm like you don't you know that I I run this pretty big company right you know and I'm a volunteer coach and I have a stepkid and I'm a family man you know like I you want to call me lazy why don't you come into my corporate office and tell the 35 people working 80 hours a week that they're lazy you know like, come on man <laughs> yeah absolutely you know it, it's funny too how sometimes because uh, you know entrepreneurs like you and I were in the public and we're telling our stories that sometimes um, we overshare for example I was doing a presentation I don't know like a month ago at uh, the cannabis entrepreneur summit with uh, Greenflower Media, and I mentioned in my uh, my presentation, blah blah blah, when I was uh, smoking cannabis in college, right? And 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 my mom had never heard that I was uh, like already smoking pot back in college, and 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 you know when I. I, I in the moment, even though I was speaking to 8,000 people in 64 countries, my mind at that moment was, oh, damn, I hadn't talked to my mom about that yet. And she's watching this thing live, you know? And so after after the event and everything, I went and I called my mom and I'm like, so mom, did you catch that bit? She goes, yes. And I'm like, oh no, that's so terrible. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So hey, so I want to move forward and back at the same time. Before you started Dope Magazine, you ran a local music magazine in uh, Seattle called D-List. Yes. And, and you know, you were doing pretty well with a local magazine that, that, you know, had very local vibes, but now dope, you know, dope is a national thing. When you started dope, was it originally your intention to launch a national magazine or did you start intending to be a local magazine and then you saw an opportunity to go national? Well, I, I think being an entrepreneur, when you assess a situation, you look at the, at the, what it could be, you know? So when we first started dope, we wanted it to be national. We didn't know how we were going to get there. We had no, there's no roadmap for it, but we knew that, that one day cannabis will be, will be legal, federally legal, and that we could, we could have a platform to speak to, to, to cannabis users throughout the nation. Um, so yeah, we, we started it locally cause that's all we had, you know, that's how we had to get started. 
but at the end of the day, our plan was to to go national, and it took us uh, a, a, a few years to really figure out how to do that and to make the mistakes. And and luckily, you know, as you mentioned, I, I ran D List magazine, which we started in two thousand seven, um, and so we made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we, me, and my business partner, who's currently with Dope as well, we started that magazine with a $5,000 loan from my dad and ran it for seven years. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, Man, sure we, is. You know, we made a lot of mistakes, but we learned. And so we learned how to, how to not <laughs> make a magazine and, 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 and how to, you know, how to overcome those mistakes and, and rolled that right into Dope. And that, that gave us a pretty, a pretty good start on how to at least figure out how to, how to start making a local magazine the right way and then and then jumping into international even because even with D-List we 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 launched in uh, we started in Seattle and we launched down in Portland Oregon after about 2 years uh, that didn't work out very well because you know Oregon didn't like one of our covers where we had Steve Aoki eating a fake bird, but you know that, that's Oregon and we love them. But you and, know. and you also learned, right? You learned and from learned. that, yeah. So you absolutely, yeah. So so now that Dope is expanding into new states so swiftly, what are the signals you look for when deciding to go into a new market? I mean, do they just need to pass medical, or or are there are there some boxes that got have got it checked off? Yeah. So we. The best part about our national magazine is that we can take that and and push it into into these markets that we think will be future local markets for us. So you know what we do is we try to be personal and 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 so we'll look at a market like uh, our next one coming up. Hopefully, is going to be be Michigan. And so we've really you know pushed a lot of our our national magazines into Michigan, getting the word out there. Um, and, and, and sending out letters and just trying to see what the feedback is, you know, hiring boots on the ground out there to see if the, if the, if there is actually a market that, that, that can sustain a magazine. And really it's just, it's just kind of the basics. Yeah. Is it medical? How many dispensaries are there? Um, how many associations are out there trying to get in touch with those people and seeing if, if people really vibe with with what we're doing and and i mean we send out magazines we send out letters we send out you know distribution stickers you know like hey put this on your window you distribute dope we're trying to we try to really get out there and and, and support support the local markets and see if they can support us back yeah right on well hey let's take another short break uh you are listening to the gontrepreneur.com podcast <laughs> Because you listen to the Gontrepreneur podcast, it is very likely that you are a business owner now or that you plan on getting into cannabis soon. If you're starting a business, at some point you're going to want some swag with your name on it to give away or maybe even to sell. Promotional items are a way to stay in your customer's life long after you come into contact with them. You know, it reminds them to double back and buy more of your stuff, but it also reminds them to tell their friends about you. Well, at Gondrepreneur, we've been asked by so many new cannabis business owners for referrals on promotional items because they're you know, getting ready for a convention or a party, or they just want to give it away, that we went ahead and brought together some preferred vendors, and we put them on our website for you. The web address is gondrepreneur.com forward slash promo items. Everybody loves doing lighters and t-shirts, and those are still huge winners, of course. But some folks are even now doing logoed silicone dab jars and rig rags, too. There's so much to choose from. The website is gondrepreneur.com forward slash promo items. Go get some cool stuff to promote your company. The Gondrepreneur podcast is listened to by tens of thousands of cannabis entrepreneurs and enthusiasts every single week. 
These folks are most likely your target customers, and we'd like to introduce you to each other. Our down-to-earth and information-rich commercial breaks can deliver your message to the cannabis business community and others who just find relief in getting high. If you want to reach out and connect with our audience in the most personal way that we can offer, go ahead and drop us an email at grow at gontrepreneur.com and we can talk about you becoming a commercial sponsor of the podcast. Thanks for listening and being part of the Gontrepreneur family. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Evan Carter, co-founder of Dope Magazine. So Evan, before the break, we were talking about your expansion nationally. And you know, the the industry as a whole really is expanding uh, online journalism, right? And you guys are a print magazine. And I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of upsides to having a print magazine and, and you know, people being able to hand hand it hand to hand. You know, everybody loves to read it in the tub, you know, whatever. But but so much happens online. I wonder if Dope has a hard time keeping up with what's going on and staying in contact with your readers in the online sphere. So what's your strategy to have this beautiful, you know, uh, you know, magazine on paper, but then also what do you do in the online world? Definitely. That's, that's a great question. We we like you know, we like the print magazine because I think people like to have something tangible to to read. We know print isn't going to be around forever, um, and so that's why we're coming up with you know new ways to do you know online magazines through the iPad, um, more interactive, more video. You're going to start seeing a lot of that coming up. But for right now, you know the the print magazine. I mean, we we get rid of 135,000 every single month, and, and and they go. We get people calling us for more, so we know that's working. But really, to stay in touch with with our digital um, uh, demographics, um, it's 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 different, you know. I mean, for the print magazine, we're about a month and a half ahead. So some of our print content we'll we'll take from the magazine and we'll launch it digitally as well. But we have to be able to to keep up with the times with everything changing. That's what we're what we are really trying to utilize our, our, our online platforms for is, is utilizing them to, to talk about the, the change in legislation, the breaking news, um, you know, video content. Uh, we really want to start doing like a two minute update at the end of the week. You'll see that coming out in about an, a month or so. Um, product reviews, you know, really interactive. And since we are a lifestyle brand, we just think that, you know, having, living the dope life and showcasing that through videos is really going to connect with our, with our readers. I just, I just love the fact that we have this, this ginormous staff, well, ginormous as in about 35, 40 people, ginormous to us, you know, um, that is just, that comes from so many different walks of life in, in showcasing that and how they utilize cannabis, uh, via videos. I mean, they're, they're writing video scripts right now. My team is, you know, right now. And it's, and it's a lot of fun to see what everybody comes up with and, and how we can stay connected. Cause we want Want to we want to exude the dope life and let people know that that they can do what they want and be a cannabis user. Like I I love the fact that I that I coach a volunteer coach at a high school. I run a business. Uh, I have time for my friends and and for my family, and I use cannabis. You know, I, so so that's what we really want to showcase that. But staying in touch with our digital readers is definitely is definitely uh, our main focus. You know, or one of our main focuses right now besides doing 
doing the print magazine. Yeah, right on. Um, you know, I always love running into you guys at the convention shows because there's no question that Dope Magazine has some of the best convention show booths in the industry. In the industry, easily. You know, they're elaborate. They're beautiful. You know, you've got plenty of couches, so it's a good place to chill. You know, people tend to hang out at your booth. You know both to get pictures with the with the um, booth itself because they're always so cool, but it's also kind of a meeting place for folks. Why did Dope decide that the show booths were important enough to really put some serious budget into the design? Well, we want to be, you know, we're the lifestyle brand. We want we want to be a, a big lifestyle brand in cannabis, and, and so we have to exude that at, at the conventions. We want people to come and sit down and talk with us. We want it to be just a, a, a connection for the whole cannabis community to come meet people. That's who we really are. We're out at all of these different conventions, and we're meeting people so we can put people together, connect the cannabis community. That's really one of our, that's really one of our main goals is that's really what we're worth is all of our connections. I mean, if you ask anybody, you know, they'd probably know my CEO, David Tran, the, or the crazy Asian guy with the big hair. They'd probably see him out at every single convention. If you've ever been to a convention where Dope is there, you know David, because he's probably sh shaking your hand and made you feel like a million bucks, because that's what he does. He makes he makes everybody feel great, because he wants to connect everyone together. And so we really try to put a big focus on We have a great events team. Uh, I mean, they, they, they really come up with some unique concepts, like our our, our airline concept for, for the past uh, uh, about four to five months at the, at the conventions, you'll see that where it looks like you're, you're sitting on an airplane and we have uh, benches or we have you know, little couches where you can come and relax. And it's really just a metaphor for us taking off throughout the whole nation and, and trying to connect everybody. Well, that's actually going to be my next question. So like the, the, the airplane is certainly the most elaborate booth of yours that I've seen. And I saw it at, um, at CCC PDX uh, last year. And when I saw it, I really imagined that you would get some like rough feedback from some people in the industry because it is beautiful and it's got airline stewardesses, models wearing short skirts. And it is, you know, it's pretty fair to call it pretty sexually objective, right? And it, it's fun and it's done in good taste. But, you know, there's a lot of people working to keep sexual objectification out of the cannabis industry. And we've talked about that several times here on the show. And so, and so you know, I, I noticed that on day two, actually, that the gals were not wearing those costumes anymore. So, so can you kind of explain your idea behind that? And, and I'd love to know if you can tell us what happened, that why the girls weren't in the same costumes day two. I mean, something must have come up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely, and we have to be better at, re at realizing our demographics and where we're at, you know. And in Oregon, they really don't like that. That's more of a Southern California and Vegas type. But you know, with with us, we want to push the limits a little bit too. You know, we want to be noticed, and we want to to change the cannabis. You know, uh, I don't know, not not change the cannabis scene, but but push the limits just a little bit and have some fun. You know, we want to, we wanted to, to electrify the scene a little bit, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it didn't really work out at that convention. So we, we pulled back and, and learned from our, our, I'll say mistake at that convention, but, it, but still at the end of the day, you know, if we go down to, to Vegas and do a big convention down there that we, we might bring them back out, but it really just depends on, on the territory and, and the different demographics and, you know, around the nation. As a pure bland, as a pure, pure branding play, it certainly worked, right? Because, you know, there was fully a line of people wanting to get their photos taken 
in front of the airplane design, in front of your sign with the stewardesses, because it just like it was visually remarkable, all the colors and and it was also stylized. So, you know, all of those people are all posting those images to their Instagrams and there's dope magazine in every one of those pictures. So, you know, to to that point, it was very successful. Exactly, and, and you know, we're, we we want to get out there and be you know, like I said, one of the one of the top cannabis brands, and and you know, we want to we want to do it the right way, and so you'll see, you know, if, if we make a mistake, we'll come out and and, and change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll correct it. You know. So before before we wrap up here, um, so you know. There t- takes a lot of effort to coordinate a magazine the size of Dope that has got different issues in different regions of the country and gets up to you know 130 pages in legal states. Have you gotten to the point yet that putting out the magazine is just um, you know a reasonable workflow and you've got enough people to help you? Or are you still at the point that you were in the early days where there are things still keeping you up at night and you've got that startup mentality where... Um, where you feel the stressors, you know, do you have enough routine built in yet where you don't have the stressors that a lot of the rest of us are still having as startups? I mean, definitely we are, we are still definitely a a startup. We let ourselves know that every day. So we still keep that pressure. I'll say our systems have gotten a lot better. Uh, We've hired great people uh, that have really stepped up and taken a leadership role in the company. I mean, I, I remember two years ago in January, I was making three magazines. I was making Washington, Oregon, and Colorado. Uh, I, you know, I was doing all the content for all of them, laying out all the flat plans and doing the editing. I was doing everything uh, with the help of, you know, an editor and a couple, you know, and content providers. But but now we have, you know, two full-time copy editors with a senior editor, a content director, a, a, a design team of three people or, you know, two full-time and one part-time. And so, yeah, definitely our, our processes are getting so much better. And I don't worry about those those things as much. Um, because it's because we we truly have an amazing team, um, but there's other things that keep me up at night. <laughs> you know, growing the business and doing things the right way, and, and making the next moves, and 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 growing too fast, and you know, having to to cut back on things. I mean, that stuff still keeps me up because we, you know, like there's no roadmap. I keep saying there's no roadmap to 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 making a national cannabis magazine. We're just trying to figure out how to do it. So we, you know, the mistakes that you make, you know, keep you up at night. But as an entrepreneur you know you just you just keep going you know I've, I've had a knot in my stomach the last two weeks because of the, some of the things we, we we have to do to keep things rolling but you just you just do it and you keep moving forward and, you, and if you learn from your mistakes you're going to be successful right on fantastic well evan we are done for today thank you so much for taking uh some some time from your busy schedule to be on the show today oh thank you shango i, I love chatting with you my man Any, anytime Evan Carter is co-founder and president of Dope Magazine. You can find out more at dopemagazine.com. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. For info on me and where I will be speaking, you can go to shangolos.com. Do you have a company that wants to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email grow at gontrepreneur.com to find out how. Today's show was produced by Michael Rowe. I am your host, Shango Lose. Oh, 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 oh,